Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Jesse Romans from Knoxville, Tennessee. Really appreciate Jesse coming on fresh off his professional MMA debut. He's sitting at 1-0 as a pro. Absolutely love this guy. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We're going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line where I am now joined by Jesse Romans. Jesse, how are you today? Dude, I'm doing wonderful. Definitely enjoying a lot of food this week. Man, congratulations. What a journey you've been on. I know we we vowed we're not going to talk about you starting out your career as, as being fat yeah. or anything like that, but it's been quite a journey. You're now sitting at 1-0 and as a professional MMA fighter. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. Yeah, it definitely has been a long journey. You know, I, I know we almost always talk about it. Yeah, I just... I stick with it, um, but I got a lot going on. It's one of those things that I was eager to talk about a bunch of other stuff going on, you know, even uh, even away from the fighting scene. Like, I feel like right now it's such an uh, interesting time to be alive, both for me personally and for a member of the human race. Yeah, before we jump into, I know there's some political uh, conversations we'd like to have. Um, you say for you personally, outside of fighting, what do you have going on? Um, dude, I've got a lot going on. So, you know, fighting is the, my main goal, of course, and to make it to the UFC and be a world champion. But, uh, I got a lot going on. I, I'm, I've really taken on the entrepreneurial spirit this year. You may not know this about me, but I actually went to school for four years for business and was a restaurant manager by trade. And, Honestly, I'm glad I did that for a while because it taught me a lot of skills now because essentially what I'm doing is, uh, you know, I run a YouTube channel. 
um, Pratzler Media. Go check me out, please. And then I also do a couple other things, like on the side, like I sell art. I do, um, you know, I do commissions and sell art to people. Um, real nerdy stuff sometimes, anime-inspired, couple music-inspired themes. Uh, I'm a musician. I have four kids, so I stay super busy. But another venture I got going is uh, I, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, I feel like it's the best time ever to learn how to grow your own food. So I started basically my own little farm in my backyard. It, it kind of just began as, you know, wanting to grow some, like, cucumbers and tomatoes. And now I have over 30 different um, fruits and vegetables that I'm growing. So yeah, I've got a lot going on. I got here in a couple of weeks. Um, my mom and I are investing a little bit of money in some jars and some other stuff. And we're going to have pride slayer pickles, we're adding that to the, uh, to the agenda. So yeah, man, I, I've been staying as busy as possible. I love it. And of course you got the, uh, a very full household. You got a wife and how many kids you have? I have four children, two boys and two girls. Yeah. What are the, what are the age ranges there? So the three youngest are all back to back to back. Olivia, she's eight. And then my next oldest, Gabriel, turned three in March. And then I have a two, or sorry, February. Maximus turned two in March. And then I have a six-month-old little girl who's the newest addition. And Jeez. Yeah, two, the thing about it was literally uh, my wife had a cesarean for all of them. But on this last one, uh, we, you know, we just moved to Knoxville, so literally three days after she sat, had her cesarean, she said, Hey, I'm good to go. Um, you know, we packed up everything that day and left and moved down and haven't looked back. So we've definitely had quite a migration, but we're settled now and we're kicking ass down here. I love it. I absolutely love it. You are, uh, despite being, I guess you could say a little bit of a wild man. You've got a sense of humor, you know, you get, yeah, you get in on the, the fun with like the Kelly Patrick show, uh, Facebook group, the dicking around you and know, all that. Yes. It, it's one of those things that like, you know, obviously I'm a Christian, but I am who I am. And a lot of the time, like I, I used to have trouble finding balance. And um, because by nature, I'm a lewd comedian, if you will. You know, we have similar natures. I feel like we're good guys, but, you know, we deconstruct everything we see and look for something hilarious in it. And sometimes it's not the most appropriate, but I, I wouldn't change who I am. And it's one of those things, like, the more I get into the Bible, I realize that a lot of the characters in the Bible are meant to be, like, representations of personality types. And, for example, David, like, when I first started fighting, uh, I know we're going to talk about some political stuff, but I feel like this is relevant. When I first started fighting, I would have people at church who would kind of be like, hey, um, you know, I don't think it's very Christian that you fight. And, you know, for a while, I wasn't really sure. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? You know, I'm going out there and I'm physically beating someone's ass or having my ass beat. And I'm like, is, is there any biblical precedence for this? And as I read about David, which most people are familiar with him being a shepherd boy who slayed Goliath, but there's more to that parable than just, um, that, that tale. Like for example, when David was older, he, uh, sent his best friend, his general into battle. So he would die in the, in the most complicated or in the most dangerous area, he sent him directly to it. So he would get killed so he could sleep with his wife. And, you know, David was a, a bad person, really, a lot of the time. But the thing that separated him from a non-believer was his ability to submit to God's will. And what I'm getting at is, like, if David could do all that and still find forgiveness with God, me fighting, you know, is, is perfectly okay. I, I'm not going out there to hurt someone. It, it's a sport. And anyway... 
there's a there's a parable where David goes to build a temple for God, and while he's building the temple, God tells him no. He says, "I did not make you a temple builder; I made you a slayer of man." And it's one of those things that I think if you're a good person and you want to put out good vibes, and no matter what it is that you're doing, I mean, aside from a couple things, you know, I think uh, I think you're supposed to be you. I think God has a place for everyone. You said aside for a couple of things, care to mention what those are? What are your, what are your uh, would, uh, non, like non-qualifiers, the things that are off-limits? Okay, no, yes. sure. I was wondering if you were going to ask me. Yes, so non-qualifiers, like, I don't really particularly think prostitution is a thing that you could find a godly um, reason to be doing. I understand that there are situations, and I'm not judging anyone, of course, um, perhaps a hit man. I think mutual combat is more than admirable, but to end someone's life. Uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think there's a difference between killing and murder. Is that fair? Because killing is a situation where it's the only way to protect yourself or another person. Murder is when you kill someone for basically like a, I don't know, like a personal reason or a financial gain, not for protecting your own body or someone else's. Okay. I would say I would say those are a couple examples. I'm sure there there are more. You know, for example, I'll I'll go ahead and say like Joel Osteen. I don't think that that man is living a godly life. He has a private jet, and you know there are people in Houston who try to sleep on the porch steps or on the church uh, steps, and he has them kicked off or arrested. I like that's a guy who you know claims to be Christian. Who I don't really see him living a godly life. Okay, uh, I, I assumed yeah. you were going to go in the direction of, I don't know, maybe pedophilia, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I just didn't even kind of like keep yeah. going with it. Like those are just a couple of the like surface level ones. Yeah, of course, dude, pedo, no. That's, and, uh, you know, we can even, if you want to kind of segue into some political stuff with sure, that. Sure, um, you take it wherever. I started, I started following a page earlier today, and I feel like that you would be interested in this. So it's Gays Against Grooming. Um and essentially, it's homosexual people who are against mo- the mainstream left movement because they feel like a lot of the stuff being pushed on children is like grooming. Sure. Because it's almost like if you were to take like little girls to a strip club as a heterosexual man, that would kind of be like the same thing as like you taking someone to like a drag show. You know what I mean? And it's, I just don't feel like the whole intention of it that they try to say like oh we're just trying to express our culture like that's not most gay people's culture most gay people are they just have a husband and they go to work and they do all the same things that me as a heterosexual male does or female it's not one of those things where they have to be flamboyant and 90 percent of their personality is their sexual desires and anyway that's what this page was about and it's like you know what dude that's admirable i know i'm a christian but as far as I look at things, you know, lying about doing doing better at a basketball game or a, a golf game is just as much as a, of a sin as homosexuality. You know, lying is a sin. There, there are degrees to things. And to be honest, you know, I'm not perfect enough where I'm going to go out and, like, hate on someone because they're gay. In fact, there are a lot of gay people who I'm very friendly with. Just because I don't agree with every facet of your life doesn't mean that I hate you and anyway this page seems to be like a lot of sensible people and you know they've got my support Uh, it doesn't just because you know I'm friendly with them it doesn't mean I'm personally 
agree with the movement, but I, I just feel like a lot of the main liberal uh, left side is really pushing some, I, I don't know if it's like China messing with the media or something, but I really feel like society itself is trying to collapse in on it because you have the demasculization of men. And then you also have like, I don't know, anything you do to like voice your opinion as a man is immediately deemed as like you hate someone or that you're trying to like disparage someone. And really that's not what equality is. Equality doesn't mean that everyone else gets to be louder than the people you disagree with. And, you know, people are so eager to cancel each other. I'm sure you've seen all the Facebook posts about, you know, if you don't agree with Roe versus Wade, unfriend me. And it's like, do you think you're ever going to change anyone's opinion or get through to them or understand their opinion if you're not willing to like listen to someone who disagrees with you? Yeah, that's I mean, a great point. I think I agree with you on all counts. And the gays, I think the gays that grunts grooming, before we get into specifically the Roe v. Wade stuff, um, I would like for you to add me to that gays versus uh, gays against grooming uh, page okay. because I, I, you know, yeah. I've thought about it and, and I think there are plenty of even transgenders, um, who like, for example, I'm going to be interviewing. I have a podcast episode scheduled in July, late July with, let me see the name, Buck Angel. Buck is a yeah. transsexual man born as a female mm -hmm has identified as a male for, I think, 30 years, has been on Joe okay. Rogan, has been on many of the top podcasts in the world. Um, but he is completely anti all this creepy woke shit, all this shit pushing it yeah. on the kids, all that type of shit. I do think they exist, and I think it's very important to make a distinction that, that someone yeah. who leans maybe a little bit more politically to the right, as I think I would describe yeah. myself and probably you also, that doesn't mean Absolutely. that doesn't mean that we necessarily like dislike transgender people or we dislike yeah. gay people or, or even disagree with it or even care if someone chooses to live a, a different lifestyle. I think where people get carried away is when they start like pushing pushing this shit on kids or, cool. or being real defiant yeah. about even talking to kids about it, that type of shit. That's where it gets it's real weird. So I think it's a very important distinction uh, to make. And I, I'm happy you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I think, tr well, I watched, uh, I don't remember the last name, but I watched a, a transsexual individual on Joe Rogan recently. I, I remember the first name is Kristen. They were, a, I believe they were like a Navy SEAL or a Marine. I'm sorry for the ignorance on it. But it was like, they agreed with everything that you said. Buck, I believe is what you said his name was. Buck Correct. Angel. Yep, Buck okay. Angel, yep. Uh, well, anyway, that's basically what they were saying was that, you know, a lot of this is essentially, okay, so I heard an interesting take on it, is that since same-sex relationships can't have biological children, they're attempting to reproduce more of themselves with thought children. Does that make sense? So essentially it's like, and I really, when I heard this, I thought it was an interesting take. It's like, if you're not having biological children you can influence, how do you carry on your message? other than to push it upon children. And like Bill Maher, you know who Bill Maher is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, for example, he was on Rogan uh, probably like two months ago, and, you know, he was talking about how, and I've seen the quote shared on Facebook, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pirate, but nobody set me up with a medical, you know, uh, treatment to have my arm and eye removed. 
you know, so I could have a, a pegged leg or a pirate hook and, you know, an eye patch. It's one of those things that when you're a child, you're so easily influenced. I could literally go in there and get my kids to pretend to be anything I wanted. They're, they're so susceptible. They're just, they want to please the people around them and they don't have the real world experience to understand, you know, what is a positive thing to emulate and what is a negative thing to emulate. And that is why it's so important as a parent, you know, I've got to watch myself because like I, I cuss a lot, you know, and I, I try not to as much, but you know, I do. And it's one of those things like, the other day, my my son was in there calling his brother the F word, and, you know, he's three, and then one day, like, they were getting in a little fist fight, and I separated. I'm like, all right, y'all go stay in the corner, and my son goes, Max is a bitch, talking about his brother, and I was like, dude, don't even. Like, it was funny, but at the same time, you know, kids will just emulate literally anything you do and say, so... You know, if you, if you take a child to a drag show and they see someone on stage getting attention, what does their mind say? Their mind doesn't look at all the connotations to it. They look at, oh, they're getting attention, so I need to emulate that. And I, I'm not saying this is true for everyone because it really isn't, but I've even seen some people like who I went to high school with who came out as trans later, and it was almost like, I don't know. They acted like, and these are people I knew in real life. They acted like people had disparaged them their entire life publicly and that this was such a freeing thing. And, you know, a couple of them, I wonder, it's just like, have you been deprived of something where you feel like this is a personality that you need to achieve? So you're accomplishing something. And, you know, again, I really don't want to disparage people. I know several really interesting and really smart cool transsexual people, but it's one of those things that their whole entire identity, you know, they have a lot of other interesting things about themselves aside from their sexuality, you know, and I get it. We joke about stuff. We talk about stuff, but it it would really, to me, it's almost like being around someone who constantly just talks about tits or ass, you know, and as a joking thing, like it's funny, but you know, after a while it gets creepy and it's just the same thing, you know, not everything is about that about someone's genitals or, you know, what kind of genitals you like. And honestly, I get tired of hearing it. It's like, I understand that pride month is a thing, but it's like literally every single thing that you see is, you know, has something going on and it's stuff that shouldn't even be political, you know, because it is on the political spectrum and it doesn't like infuriate me or anything, but I I play this medieval game from like 2007 called RuneScape. And it didn't really bug me because it's like an optional thing, but they did like an entire like pride month event and they never do events or anything in here. So it was just one of those things besides like holidays. And uh, yeah, it's just, I feel like every single thing out there right now is using it as like brownie points to sell shit. And it's like, what real difference are they making? Putting a rainbow flag on something and calling it a pride event. You're not truly like helping make a difference in it. Just a marketing ploy. I um, I agree with you and everything you say makes sense. I'm almost waiting for someone to hear you and I both on a podcast saying, you know, there's a line, a, a dick joke is a dick joke, but you have to draw the line somewhere. And then they see us in the Kelly Patrick Show Facebook group and they're Playing like, dick joke. yeah, just dick joke after dick joke after dick joke. So That's I'm, why I preface, though, it's like, you know, that is a platform where it's adults and we're literally in there like, with the intent of making a joke, the whole pe- the whole point of the page is to share memes with your buddies and just make dumb jokes with each other and have fun. Sure, you know. So it's not it's not like yeah. in a real life 
situation where well, you, you putting, guys are trained, I'm maybe you're training kickboxing and all you want to talk yeah. about is, is some inappropriate sexuality or, or you're at work and that's all you're talking about in an awkward example. way. Yes. Yep. yep. Such a perfect example. You know, that's the proper channel for it. It's like if I'm at the gym and there are young females in the class with me and the whole time I'm talking about how I love titties or something, you know, it's, that's completely unacceptable. You know, whereas if you're hanging out with your buddies and you're just fucking talking shit, like, you know, that's a completely different place. It's, you know, it's time and place for everything. And again, you know, if we're having a discussion that's explicitly about it and it's supposed to be like that, you know, fine. But, you know, putting it in children's movies or, every single ad that plays on YouTube, even if it's like my kids watching like Coco Melon or Blippy or something that I just, they're trying so hard and it makes me nervous because I feel like anyone that tries that hard doesn't have like a positive agenda. Is that fair? It's just like all the pushing the, the COVID shot the last two years. Like I don't trust that shit either. Like you're telling, you're telling me you guys trust the government after everything they do. You guys trust the government. Really? I'm the only one who's sitting here like questioning their motives. Fair. Okay. I'll, I'll, if it's all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll segue back into, you mentioned earlier, Roe v. Wade. I know you have thoughts on that. Yeah. You're, you're a father, you're a husband, you have four biological children. You take great pride yep. in being a family man. What are your thoughts on Dude. Roe v. Wade? Okay. So I do want to preface that I am the father of two girls, you know, so like, First of all, I feel like the big argument to um, people disagreeing with uh, the decision to overturn it is that, you know, we're some kind of misogynist or, you know, we want to deny women of their rights. So I've got a couple like pretty important points on it. So people go, well, what if your child was raped and was pregnant and stuff? And albeit that's an incredibly nasty question to ask a father, I'm going to go ahead and we, we can answer that. So I think that there's a ideological fallacy with the argument because the, the extreme left, I don't want to say the left because there are a lot of good ideas that come out of the left, but the extreme left, first of all, wants to get rid of the second amendment. So my argument to that is if more people exercise their gun rights and their concealed carry rights, I truly believe, and I guess anyone's up to disagree with it, that there would be less, not only physical violence, but sexual violence. If more people practice the second amendment, there would be more accountability for those types of things. And, you know, they act like there would be more school shootings and all these things. Well, listen, murder is already illegal. You know, just because you're, you're banning the thing they're holding doesn't mean it's going to stop anything. Um, you know, and as far as the Roe v. Wade, it's like, that's kind of the ideological fallacy with that. You know, the, the whole rape thing. I think if more people carried, uh, you know, protected themselves that it would be less likely to happen. Another thing that I, I find wrong with the argument is that a lot of these people, I feel like don't understand self accountability. And I get that from the whole point that they get so mad when you talk about it, because I know a lot of people who are pro life, who are, who are willing to sit and discuss the idea and discuss why they believe that without flipping the table over and getting pissed and crying. You know, there's not a lot of people I can say that are pro-choice that will sit and talk with me. And not all of them. I do have friends, you know, who I converse with about it, but I feel like, you know, it all stems from self accountability. Uh, I was chatting with someone earlier and of course they immediately got offended. They were saying, well, 
you know, my body, my choice. Well, you know, the whole COVID thing, they, they don't agree that that's a similar, or the vaccine, they don't believe it's a similar uh, analogy to compare the two. Okay, fine. I think it's a perfectly reasonable explanation because if you're telling me that I have to have a medical procedure before I fucking go buy a sub at Subway, you know, and I have to show proof of it, but yet you're not allowed to make a decision to have sex and get pregnant and the government pay for it. Like, I just don't understand why they feel like the government should have to pay for something like that. You know, the ra- and plus too, the, the whole rape argument, it's like rape is such a small percentage of pregnancies. It's astronomically low. So I, I was kind of talking about child support and got off on a tangent. All right. So, Pregnancies are significantly less dangerous than being incarcerated, but you know what you can be incarcerated for is child support. It's one of those things that like they expect a man to be accountable 100% of the time, but there's absolutely no room for them to be held accountable if they get pregnant. Okay. They it's, it has to be, I can give up 100% of my right to be responsible for my decision. Okay. But a man cannot, if I decide to have this baby, that man is going to pay me child support, okay? And if you don't pay your child support, you get put in jail. 4% of jail and prison inmates are sexually assaulted, okay? So you're telling me that a man, so it's my body, my choice, but his money, my choice. Do you understand where I'm going at with this? It's essentially like you're saying that being incarcerated is less dangerous than you having a baby. That's, that's their argument behind it not being like, fair because I, I brought it up to people. I'm like, well, don't you think that if, if you should be able to have an abortion, do you not think that a man should be able to not pay child support? And they're like, no, you know, that's not even the same thing. You know, it's, it's my health at risk, but it's not going to jail or not having money to feed yourself is pretty fucking risky. Okay. If I can't eat, how am I supposed to survive? You know, but it's okay for you to shirk every little bit of responsibility and the government has to pay for it. Um, you know, and I don't even, I don't even have to bring religion into it. It's not one of those things that like I sit down and immediately feel religiously convicted about because trust me, if, if I hear about a person who got raped and got pregnant, do you, don't you think my heart hurts for them? You know, it has nothing to do with me wanting to be a chauvinist or thinking that, you know, it was God's will that someone got raped. I, that's not how I feel at all. I just feel like it all comes down to responsibility. It's like they want to tighten the bottleneck on the masculine force, okay, or the cis, is that what's called, CIS? I don't, they call it cisgender, whatever it is, for, like, just normal heterosexual people. Yep. It's like they want, to, they want to tighten the reins on that while they give themselves room to do any fucking thing they want, and the government has to pay for it. But personally, I just don't think the government has the responsibility to pay for your abortions. And another thing that almost none of these people realize is the overturning of Roe versus Wade didn't do a fucking thing to them. They, their life has not changed any at all. Okay. Except from CNN telling them that they should be pissed about it. Okay. Because even before this, we all know that states are the ones who put, put down the laws on these things and enforce them. Just, just look at marijuana. Marijuana is illegal federally. Yet you can go to many states and purchase marijuana at a store with just an ID. That's all you need. And it is federally illegal. It's one of those things that I just don't feel like the government has the obligation to pay for. I don't feel like it's the government's obligation. If you believe in those things, then go vote on them. 
go vote on them in your local elections. Get involved with your state representative. But that's the thing of accountability. That would take effort. Instead of just sharing a meme that says, oh, limp dick is God's will or any other nasty thing that people want to say, okay, take some fucking accountability. Most of these people that I see too, you know, they, they live sedentary lifestyles. Um, they are drawing child support. So, of course, they're already getting, they don't want to be accountable. A lot of these people don't want to be accountable. Or they're so morally high on their own opinion that they fart in their hand and smell it is how I feel. They're completely unopened to listening to other people's ideas on why they don't like that. Another thing is that these ideas that they're enforcing are honestly getting closer and closer to like eugenics. It's one, And you know what eugenics is, right? I, I do, yes. So, and for those who don't, eugenics is an idea made popular by the Nazis. Eugenics is basically through abortion and gene manipulation creating your ideal race. And I, I just don't believe in that. I, I think that, and I, I see people share the memes of just because a life is born doesn't mean that it's saved. But you're telling me that a poor kid doesn't deserve to live? That's essentially what you're saying when you share that shit. I mean, there's so many self-made billionaires or millionaires, you know, billions a lot, but there are so many self-made people that started with nothing. And by denying them that, you're denying them everything. And yeah, those are really honestly my key points on it. I don't think the government should have to pay for it. I don't think my tax dollars should have to pay for it. Or point blank, I don't even have to look at my own opinion on it. I just think that the less, or I guess it's still my opinion, but the gov- the less control the government personally has over your life, the better. And the fact that they handed over control to the states is a step forward in the right direction, okay? Because the federal government does not have my interests at heart and probably not your interests at heart. I love it. This just came to me as you were speaking, Jesse. You live in Knox County, Tennessee now? Yep. Glenn Jacobs is the mayor of Knox County, Kane. He is a Republican, but he's basically like a libertarian superstar. That's fucking awesome. You got to meet him. He's pretty cool. And the thing is, like like a month ago or something, my mom took my kids to this little festival. And I'm kind of a homebody when I'm not training. Like I spend a lot of my time working on videos or tending to my garden. And, um, I was like, um, you know, I'm just going to hang out. You guys go have fun. And I was like working on a YouTube video and, um, it sucks because they went there and she got to meet him and she comes back and she goes, Jesse, I met that mayor. He's a lot bigger than you. She's like, I didn't think he was that. I'm like, mom, that's Kane, literal Kane from wrestling. Like he's a huge man. Um, I did meet him once. I think he was at, so he would never remember me or anything, but I think he, it was at Valor fights. And I got to shake his hand and I just, I remember like, and I'm a pretty tall guy. Like I remember shaking his hand, dude. And like his hand was like a catcher's mitt, but I wish I would have caught him at this event. Cause like, dude, I would have got pictures with him and asked him some questions and stuff. And I know it might kind of sound douchey of me, but, uh, I really even like to write him a letter and get like involved because not that I've run for office or anything, but I just think it's good to be involved in, uh, your local politics. And to be honest, Knox County is awesome. Really, a lot of the counties down here are great. Like, uh, for example, let me talk about cottage food laws real quick. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I talked about my farm and, like, the Pride Slayer pickles and such. So, uh, I think it was 2017. I'm not sure. They repealed a law that had been passed in 2011, which basically um, 
So when you sell food products, you have to have X amount of inspections or whatever, depending on your jurisdiction, but typically you have to go get licensed and whatnot. So these laws were kind of like killing small business. Like, you know, back 20 years ago, it wasn't uncommon to see Mammal parked in a parking lot, you know, selling some of her homemade jam or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, these laws made that kind of stuff illegal because tax man cometh, if you will. And if you didn't pay for all these licenses and shit, you couldn't sell stuff. Anyway, they repealed these laws. And uh, in Knox County, private vendors who make under X amount of money, I don't remember how much it is, but it's a lot more than I would ever make off selling some produce. Um, you, A person foregoes their right to inspection upon purchase. So as long as you make under X money, you can sell your stuff. Um, and person forfeits their right for it to be, uh, for, for you to have your license. So long story short, I can go and sell like pride slayer pickles now, you know, until I make X amount of money off of it or other produce I have. And, you know, I truly think these laws are so good because, you know, you do kill an industry when you keep regulating it. And this extends to small business. It extends to big business. Yes, there are many municipal things that I enjoy. You know, I'm glad that we have good roads and all that stuff. But there are ways to pay for that aside from taking out of every single pocket that you encounter. And, uh, you know, the the longer I'm down here, the more thankful I am. Because even though gas is kind of expensive right now, like food down here is super cheap compared to when I was back in Kentucky. Beef is super cheap. Dude, I got 10 pounds of bacon from the store yesterday for 29 bucks. So that's only two ninety nine a pound, and like it's really good, high quality sliced bacon stuff that you would at least pay three fifty or, or four dollars per pound. And I mean, it's it's like that all the time. The produce here is fresh. It's it really is a great place, man. If you ever consider moving or you know getting like a cabin or something, purchasing some property, uh, it's great down here. Like, dude, the house right across from mine it needs a lot of work. It's like a two bedroom, one bath. Like it's kind of small house. But I think they only want like fifty one thousand for it, and we're literally right in Knoxville. Damn. So yeah, it's the the market here is really stable. It's a really good place. I, I think you know in ten years, and it's built up so much over the last twenty years because I've been coming here my whole life. All my family lives here, and um, just you know each time we'd roll into town, there's like a new big construction project, and the infrastructure here is good. I can't think of but maybe a handful of times in the last six months where I've sat anywhere for more than two or three minutes in traffic. Like, everything flows smoothly. So, yeah, dude, Glenn Jacobs is the shit. If you can, you should interview him. You haven't interviewed him, have you? I have not. I would love to. I think I tweeted at him once, but I can try to work on that again. I would love to chat with him. Earlier, I I forget exactly what you said, but something along the Mm -hmm. lines of, that it sounds kind of douchey, but that you would like to get involved or, or like to support him in yeah. some way. To me, Jesse, that does not sound douchey at fucking all. That honestly mm. sounds borderline like heroic. Like what type of shit is more important than trying to protect Nothing. protect our, our individual rights on the state level and the local level? I mean, that's even more important than who's going to be our next president. Yeah, it's really, truly more important than my fighting or any other thing I got going on. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, I always try to not think too much of myself is what I'm getting at. So I kind of, like, wonder what I can do to help. But the thing is, and the reason that I was glad we could talk about some politics today was because 
you know, I'm sure 90% of the people who listen to this do it because of my like fighting credentials or like, you know, my media, but it's like, I want to use my platform and voice voice for making a difference and discussing ideas that might be controversial because to be honest, man, you can't cancel fighters. They've done tried. Listen, our, our value comes from our ability to get our ass whooped and put on exciting fights. So fortunately I have a, a good uh, line of business to kind of talk whatever I want, but I, I think it is important, man, you know, too, we've got kids, you know, and what kind of world we leave them is, is going to say a lot. And I would much rather my kids grow up in a slightly more conservative world, you know, where the traditional nuclear family is probably optimal, you know, whether or not it's two mom or two dads, that's not an issue. But I think that, you know, having a healthy household and being a provider and all of those things are good. I think that, you know, if, if we all work together, we really can do it. it. That's why too, it's cool that you've taken your platform, you know, from being predominantly about like fighting and stuff to really, you have great political commentary and it's good that you have that sense of humor because earlier we were talking about like comedy and stuff. And I, I kind of neglected to mention, I feel like funny people are smart because it's like you do deconstruct everything you see and look for something funny in it, but you also do the same with like meaning. So, you know, it, it's good because too, uh, like Michael Malice, you know, who Michael oh Malice my God, that, that's the first person who comes to fucking mind when it, it comes to, yes. to uh, humor involved with political messaging although he may not be consider himself to be political but he's the epitome of what you're fucking describing yeah and it's like he tears shit apart hell there's some zingers on there that piss me off sometimes and i'm like damn it though he's kind of got a point you know like like, and that's what makes it funny but it's like i yeah man being involved in it would make me super happy you know i'm not sure what i can do yet besides like i said write letters share my support and voice voice my support but you know I, I love knox county i love being here and who knows maybe one day i can help be involved with him but i definitely definitely want to send him a letter uh you know maybe to find his email or something like that they i think i might start using my twitter more um because it does kind of seem like the the it way to get a hold of somebody or get them to see your message at this point and uh you know, I, the only thing is I've kind of just stayed off of it where I was in fight camp. You know, I, I really didn't need the extra, like, 50 minutes. I would stay up talking shit to people, you know, or, like, saying snarky stuff. So, it, it, but right now, you know, I don't have anything uh, coming up necessarily. I want to fight on uh, B2 July 30th. But, yeah, I might I might start talking a little more shit on Twitter, you know. Throwing uh, some hashtags in there. Hell yeah. At Pride Slayer MMA is Jesse's Twitter yep. account. I'm looking at it now. doesn't look like you're too apt active on it, but I show that Nathan Manis, Nathan Manis follows you. That's pretty fucking cool. How much, how fucking great is Nathan Manis? Dude, he's awesome, man. And he's really been like so supportive. Uh, like a couple months back, he did a seminar at Barnyard MMA, which is uh, Daniel Kilburn, who was my teammate in Kentucky's gym that he opened up. And, uh, like I didn't end up being able to go, but I was having some financial issues and, uh, I said, you know, man, I, I can't make it up. I don't really have the money to do the seminar. And he reached out and sent me a private message and I hope I'm not putting him on the spot, but he's like, Hey, you know, I'll cover the cost for the seminar. If you, if you can make it up, you know, yada, yada. And it was just like, man, a guy like that reaching, reaching out to me and saying that, you know, he'd love for me to be there and he, he would cover the cost of it. Like that kind of stuff doesn't go 
you know, unnoticed. Like, he's a legit good dude. And it's cool to see him at the echelon of the sport doing his thing and giving super competitive fights, bro. Agreed, 100%. Uh, Jesse, earlier you were complimenting me about uh, building the Kelly Patrick Show audience with the humor and dicking around and, of course, the combat sports and MMA commentary and all that fun stuff, but now positioning it in large part in a little bit more of a political direction oftentimes. How would you describe if someone's tuning in and they tuned in just to hear um, Jesse Romans talk about MMA – but now they're rolling their eyes and they're thinking, oh, God, these right-wing hacks are just talking about right-wing talking points. How would you describe to our listeners what is the difference between a Republican and a Libertarian and maybe a Libertarian-oriented Republican? If you had to describe that, how would you touch on that? All right. So I've, I've kind of got it down in the science now, if you will. Um, because obviously I get thrown into the right wing category and I would definitely agree that I lean more toward it, but Republican is your old school, uh, George, think about, uh, Dick Cheney. Think about Dick Cheney's beliefs. If you want to go old school Republican. Okay. And, um, and that represents just Warhawk control every, uh, uh, country in the world, aspect. quote, air yep. quote, spreading democracy. But really what it means is oftentimes just bombing the shit out of innocent people all yep. across the world and taking somehow managing to position that into some, some type of a, a moral high ground that you're killing people. And then, and then, uh, uh, getting on your high horse about it. Okay. So that's Dick Cheney. Okay. Yep. Yep, Dick Cheney, man. That that's kind of my my look at it. Um, now, as you go toward libertarian, you find, in my opinion, you find a nice middle point. So I could sum it up through kind of just the the principle of you leave me the fuck alone, I'll leave you the fuck alone. That's probably about the easiest way to sum it up. To break it down a little more, you know, this is no gun laws, no taxation, uh, no over government regulation of things. That is essentially what it is. It's almost, I want to say like the reverse of socialism. I think that's a fair way to look at it. It's basically the government has the lowest amount of control. And then as you go to the left, um, it kind of clouds itself and kind of becomes, an, and I don't want to be a dick, but it kind of becomes more of an oxymoron. Um, you go more towards socialism, which was made popular by the Nazis. Um, and then also communism, which was made popular by the Iron Curtain or Russia. So that, that's more toward where you go. Now, I understand that their um, moral beliefs are different, but the government structure is the same as those uh, uh, dictatorships that I mentioned. And it's like I personally am, I, I think that gay people should be able to protect their marijuana plants with guns. You know, there's the meme that says that. And uh, that's the category I would lump myself in, you know, I'm, and I want to pray to God. If you want to pray to, you know, whatever you believe in, I think you should be able to do that. Uh, I just want to leave you alone and I want you to leave me alone. You know, and another thing about the left is they think um, property ownership is inherently theft. Uh, you know, I, I think that I should be able to protect my property. It's it, there. I really can't comprehend how people think that way, but I think it's good for us to have these conversations because I can at least attempt to put myself in their shoes. But I really think that, um, like the whole Oregon thing, like if you look at Oregon during, uh, all the BLM stuff, it's like they destroyed their city, man. 
or like Kenosha, like they dude, they destroyed their city. Like I, that's not, in my opinion, how you like get back at the people that you deem unfit for leadership. You know, you, you have to go out and voice your opinion, of course, but it's one of those things like you have to be a part of the community. You have to put something on the table. Okay. In order to make your voice heard, you can't just go tear shit up and, and burn down stuff and expect people not to defend themselves. And I, we ain't even got to get into the, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. I obviously, I think that people should be able to protect themselves. Um, you know, but yeah, that's the big difference there, if you will. Okay. It's accountability, in my opinion. It's accountability. Accountability. Individual accountability, individual responsibility, uh, anti-socialism at all costs. And you know who I love, too? Um, Tulsi Gabbard, man. She's she's cool people. I, I really like her. Not necessarily about 90% of the stuff she's got going on, I agree with. Um, yeah, I, I think she's an interesting person. And I think in 10 years or so when uh, she evolves a little bit that, you know, she's she's going to be even more of a leader than she is now. Um, you know, I'm not really sure if I know I want to say like Spike and Joe would probably be who I want to see as president next, but it's like, we're going to need someone who I don't, I don't want to say Trump again, necessarily. Like I think it would fix, fix a lot of things. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, he didn't, in my opinion, there wasn't a hard enough fight about the voter fraud things. I don't even know if it truly happened because it's been so confounded. Apparently there's a document documentary called like thousand mules that has uh, some interesting evidence in it. But, uh, I've listened to some pretty credible people say that there wasn't voter fraud. I find a hard time believing that, but ultimately, you know, I don't know who I would like to see as president. Who would you like to see as president in a couple of years? If you don't mind answering, or maybe a couple people who you like, I am all in on the idea of Dave Smith as the libertarian presidential candidate in 2024. He's good friends with Michael Malice. He's good friends with Joe Rogan. I think comic Dave Smith will fucking kill him. He used to be a comedian, didn't he? He's still an active comedian. He's a a one-third of the Legion of Skanks podcast. He also hosts Part of the Problem the political libertarian podcast that he and Robbie the Fire Bernstein host. Dave Smith fucking nails it. He's pro-life, okay? He's he's not completely anti, or he's not completely open borders as some libertarians are. I'm telling you, if you're someone who, who, who believes in individual accountability, you leave in, believe in freedom, Dave Smith's where it's at. He's Jewish, like Spike Cohen. Uh, maybe Spike Cohen could be his running mate. I'd be with that. Um, was it part of the problem? Was that the name of the podcast? Part of the problem. Yes, sir. Fucking okay. amazing stuff. He's, he's Ron Ron Paul oh. 2.0, except he's he's got a sense of humor like you and I. Oh, man. Let me tell you, though. Ron Paul, like, he's a fr- I'm surprised they haven't suicided him yet, man. He's got, he has roasted their ass so many times. It's just crazy, dude. Mean, Rand, Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah, Rand, and it's Rand, like, dude, oh yeah, he gets Fauci every fucking time. I love it. And I saw something the other day. Somebody was like, uh, "No man will tell me what to do with my body except Fauci." Yeah, yeah, I was just, very, very manly uh, uh, stance that for some reason so many people take these days. It's very bizarre. Well, I just, 
I just followed him on Spotify, so I'll definitely give it a listen later. Like, I, I really am trying to educate myself more. I think that's one of the biggest things people can do, especially if you do have a platform. You know, it, I hate to say it. It may sound douchey, but, you know, it's 2022. It's like the, the Internet kind of runs the world now, and if you don't do a little bit of your part to, like, spread a little bit of conscientiousness or to discuss ideas healthily, yeah, we're not looking at a very good future. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen, they were libertarians and they are libertarians. But Joe Jorgensen, to be fair with you, Jesse, he, she, I'm sorry, she, she bought in a little bit too much to some of the woke shit. Okay. Uh-huh. She, she would show up to Black Lives Matter rallies. And, and at first, to be honest, I was like, okay, you know, I can kind of see, you know, trying to reach out and, and trying to bring in some people from different different places. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but then they started t- making tweets consistently about uh, just the most woke shit you could think of. And, and basically what that is doing, and I know that it, it sounds harsh for me to take this type of a stance on it, because obviously racism, actual racism is in yeah, fact, it happens. It, it happens. It is in fact horrible when it happens and it should be addressed. Okay. I get that. But when you sure. bow, you bow to the woke mob, they say you need to condone racism and you're like, oh, raising your hand. Look at me. I condone racism. You're, you're buying into whatever they say. If you're not a racist, Okay, I, in my opinion, in 2022, if you raise your kids not to be racist and you interact with everyone regardless of their color or their sexual orientation, if you treat them with respect, that's enough in my opinion. I don't need any yeah. of this sucking up to the woke mob type shit. And, and Joe Jorgensen did that a little too much. Dave Smith certainly will not. That's the, Earlier we were talking about it. That's the whole mentality, man. It's like bow down to me and worship me or you hate me. But it's like, you know, I, we just don't believe in that shit, man. I want you to be able to do your thing. I do my thing. Sure. Nod your head at me, wave at me, smile at me. But everywhere I go, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worship you. I don't have to worship your sexuality. I don't have to worship your decisions. I don't have to worship your body. You know, let's all enjoy our own lives. And that's why we've got to vote people like that in the office. Exactly. It's difficult. It's difficult because what happens when you far- start following down that uh, 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 progressive path is you create protected classes of people. Okay, so all of a sudden we're putting uh, gay and transgendered people up on a pedestal and we're kind of worshiping them. We're not yeah, supposed to do true. that. That's not fucking equality. That is not equality. No. We're all equal. No. I, I don't know how yep. people miss that so often. So it's a slippery slope. Ron Paul, Rand's father, Ron Paul, was was asked in a uh, an interview in 2017. They said, Ron, you have these great ideas. You need to spread them to minority communities. And he... Being the principled man he is, he took a stance and he said, I'm open to that. I'm open to anyone who wants to hear the ideas of liberty, but where we can run into trouble there is when you go to a certain community and you say, I want your support, they say, what are you going to do for me? And Ron Paul Mm -hmm. is such a principled man with a fucking backbone, not a coward. He said, I'm not going to do anything for you. I'm not going to do anything for a certain group of people, and I'm not going to pretend to. We are all individuals, and we all deserve liberty. That is everything. We're all individuals, regardless of what you look like or anything. We're all individuals, and there's nothing beyond that. And, And that's kind of the principle behind it. It's like 
people want to value themselves above others, but then put them in the, the bubble of a bigot or a racist. But truly what they want is worship. You know, I, and I feel bad for the people of those groups who don't feel that way. You know, I know, like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of really cool people out there. But the, the people that are out there screeching on Twitter and are burning down their uh, cities and their towns, you know, those are the people that we don't need to bow to. There's, you know, the old expression, you don't negotiate with terrorists. You know, if you want to sit down and talk about something and we hash it out, that's different. And it needs to be across the board. You know, it's not just something that you're going to be privy to or have privilege to because ultimately, like, you know, the idea of saying everything is white privilege, that just nullifies my argument. I, now you're just saying that I can't even have a discussion with you about a topic that you're concerned with because if I voice my opinion, you know, I have white privilege, so I don't understand, or I'm a man, so I shouldn't have an opinion on abortion. And it's like those arguments are, I don't know, they're bullshit, flat-out bullshit. They're bullshit because with the abortion issue, last I checked, women do not get pregnant on their own. I, I've never gotten a woman pregnant and then bailed on her and just left her to le- to raise the kid on her own. Yep. Have, you, have you done that? No. I, like we mentioned earlier, I have four kids and I take care of all of them. And yeah, they're making me lose my hair, but it's all good. I'm, you know, I enjoy being a father. The fact is, is that, you know, I wasn't going to run. I, I knew that what I did caused them to be born. And you know, point blank, I, I would die for my kids. I would. I, I understand that maybe some people don't feel that way, but even my wife agrees, man. If she was having a baby and, um, you know, she had the option to give her life or the baby's life, you know, I, my wife is such a good person that, you know, she would, she would bite the bullet. You know, she would be the one to give her life for the children. It's like I would give my life for my children. If it, I don't know what kind of circumstance I would be in where I had to, but I would, without a doubt, give my life for my children. Any single one of them, on any day, without a second thought, I would give my life for them. Even if I knew it would be, I would burn to death for them. Like I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, and maybe, you know, I, I feel like humans have lost a part of their like primal nature, if that makes sense. I feel like almost all animals feel that way. Like they would protect their children even at their own life cost. And. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. A lot of people don't feel that way, but yeah, I would, I would certainly die for my children. I love it, and, and, and most importantly, in my opinion, when it comes to the the abortion conversation, um, my body, my choice. It's a woman's choice. How are you going to limit a woman's rights? Like I said, Jesse, you and I are arguably, you know, in some ways throughout our life, both have probably done things that seem like we're kind of fuck ups. Yeah. <laughs> But, a lot of things, man. but at the end of the day, wh- why the hell should we not have a say? And if, if we get a female pregnant and we, and we plan on uh, sticking around, why is that all, only a woman's uh, decision? I simply fundamentally don't, don't follow that logic. Now, I'm not completely anti-abortion even. If someone wants to present some rational um, bill or something along those lines where within the first eight weeks, 
you want to get an abortion. Um, I would. I don't know that I would even agree with it or disagree with it, but I would listen to it. I think when, sure. when the, the left gets a little carried away and they really lose their shit is when they start saying you should be able to do it up until the day you have the baby. You might be a deadbeat father if you're listening, okay? If you're a coward and you get a woman pregnant, you're going to bail on them, I get it. You should say it's just the woman's choice. That's not me. So why the fuck should you be able to speak for me? Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I, you know, again, by nature, I said that I, I feel like it is a man's responsibility to take care of their children. But, you know, also it's both parents' responsibility. And that's kind of really my biggest problem with it. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like a lot of it is accountability, man. You know, and again, it's her body, her choice. But if it's her choice, why is his money obligated? That's what I'm saying. And it's not that I disagree, like, you know, with child support wholeheartedly. Like, if you don't want to take care of your kids, I, I mean, I, I feel like it's not equality, though, is what I'm getting at. If you're going to allow abortion, then child support doesn't make any sense because you're only holding one gender to, gender to accountability for an action that took two. And, you know, it, I just, I can't agree, you know, I can't agree with it. it it's fucking, it's ridiculous. It, it's not about equality. You know, if it was, I would be more apt to listen to it because then I could go and say, okay. Well, if they're not holding a man accountable and, you know, child support isn't a thing, but they want to make abortion a thing, I just, it, you know, I may not agree with it, but I would be more apt to listen to those ideas along with the, you know, lower terms. Like we I saw that, um, you probably saw the clip to that, like Senator from Georgia and Alex Jones was the one that I saw share the clip on uh, Joe Rogan, but he was like saying how, um, if a, uh, a parent wanted to abort a child that was already born that will get the child comfortable and till the parents make their decision if they're going to abort the child or not. And it's like, after they're born, how are you calling that an abortion? That's literally murder. You get what, Have you seen that? I'll have to, dude, I'll have to send it to you. It is so creepy. This dude says right on the news, he's like a senator in like Georgia or maybe even governor, like really high office guy was sitting and talking about how he was, he wanted to let them decide to abort the child even after the child was born. Like literally saying that just on TV, like no, not even batting an eye. Jesus. That's, that's absolutely horrible. Abortion's an interesting topic. When I'm, when I was younger, before I had kids, I, uh, I actually have two biological kids and a stepdaughter. Um, but before I had kids, I leaned way more, way more. I'm sorry. What's the name? Donald. I said, don't forget Donald. Oh yeah. We've also got little Donald. He's our fourth kid. Yes. Um, but I, I leaned way more toward the pro choice side of things. And to be honest, in a lot of ways, I still do. If it's very early, very early in the process. Um, but if you read into it, man, there's some very disturbing shit out there. I'll go back to Ron Paul Rand's father, former Texas congressman. He was a doctor. He delivered, I, delivered, I believe it was like 5,000 babies in Texas. Oh, wow. And he, if you read any of his writing on this, I can send you a, a clip of it. Uh, yeah, I, I'll please. actually text you a message uh, uh, after we get off the line here. Um, but he describes witnessing some abortions in texas where the baby uh, uh came out of the mother they put it into like a garbage can type situation the baby was crying 
The doctors just ignored it until it stopped crying and died on its own. And then they just moved on like nothing happened. And, and, and that's something that Ron Paul witnessed firsthand. And, and so if you're getting into that type of territory, I don't see how someone can defend that and, and claim they're no. a rational, uh, oh, sane God. human being at all. That's very fucking disturbing. No. Yeah, it makes my stomach hurt because it, it's that, that's what I'm saying, man. So I, I really think that there's like a level of either not thinking you're human or just being so delusional that you don't feel empathy for other people. Isn't that what a psychopath is defined as? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe someone like this. And dude, I'm literally a guy who like, I literally strangled a man Saturday with my bare hands. Like, and I feel bad about that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for, I know everybody knows I'm a fighter. I wanted to clarify in the cage, not, not like on the streets or anything. And it's like, that shit makes me queasy, man. It's like, I don't know. Every life, every life truly does deserve a chance, man. I mean, look at Stephen Hawking, bro. If if you go and look at some of these arguments, they say, well, what about children with birth defects and all these other things? It truly is eugenics to not give someone a chance at life. If Stephen Hawking had been denied his life, we would have no, none of the like theorems that he wrote, like about gravity, quantum gravity and black holes. And, you know, he literally revolutionized, revolutionized uh, particle physics, which had hardly grown since 1918 when uh, Einstein wrote his theory of relativity. You know, if we had never gotten Stephen Hawking, you know, we could be 30 years behind on particle physics. It's one of those things that, you know, every human life deserves their chance. There, there are people in Africa right now who, you know, don't know where their next meal is coming from, but I bet their life means so much to them compared to people who are handed everything. They just, it's like they're, they're detached from the whole point that like life is a precious gift, bro. In this, in the huge universe that we look up at, we are the only things we see out there. You're telling me that just like, it's not so beautiful that we exist. Like how it's almost a bastardization of the gift, to like not take advantage of it. Living, living is all there is. I mean, you, you've got to enjoy it. You've got to give it to other people. You know, again, I know I might be a violent, nasty person, you know, but I have compassion for other beings and, you know, I, I continue to pray on it. I, I know that God's going to make a way and, you know, I, I don't have to make everything about my religion, but it means everything to me. And it's one of those things that I've just got to trust in the process. Um, I've got to stay involved. You know, I hope other people get involved. I hope other people educate themselves. I hope that even if you don't agree with the stuff we're talking about, you're at least willing to listen and educate yourself. And, you know, if we, if we don't work together, man, you know, we're not going to have a, a generation for our children. We're going to go to war and things are going to be bad. So we need to do our best to love one another truly. I love it. Well, Jesse, I think we, we talked before recording today and we said, hey, mm -hmm. why not do a little bit, bit of political talk instead of just yeah. all MMA talk? And I think we've done that in today's episode. I really appreciate you joining me today. Before we wrap things yeah. up, I know you've got some, some shout outs you'd like to give. What about upcoming fights or anything you'd like to mention before we wrap the yeah. episode up? Sure, bro. Uh, yeah, thank you again for having me. This was actually a, a wonderful conversation. You know, we're we're friends anyway, and it's good for us to just get to have an hour conversation nonetheless. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, my 
my coaches at Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. You know, I feel like I've barely given them the credit they deserve, and they've been so good to me. Eric Turner, Jason King, Dre Miley, you know, you guys have put – Ray Hewlett, you guys have put so much effort into me. Uh, you know, I want to thank Ovin St. Prue for whooping my ass in this camp and helping me get better. And, uh, you know, one day I hope I'm making $260,000 a fight like he does. It's really cool to get to be around a guy at that level. Um, go and follow me on YouTube at Pride Slayer Media. Feel free to follow my personal Facebook page, Jesse Pride Slayer Romans, or follow my Facebook athlete page, Pride Slayer MMA. I'm on Instagram at Pride Slayer underscore MMA. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pride Slayer underscore MMA. Or is it Pride? No, yeah, it's Pride Slayer MMA. But uh, no, I'm, dude, life is good. I'm just glad we got to talk today. No matter what, man, you're, you're such a good dude a good influence. And I, I really thank you for giving me a platform to talk about my ideals today. You're very welcome. Jesse, thanks again for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too, brother. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Kelly Patrick show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.